It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And as you probably know by now, that is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show the Artistic Director for the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival, which is coming up very shortly. We're going to tell you about the dates in a moment. But the artistic director, Nikki Little, is here to uh, talk to us about the festival and some pretty cool stuff that's going on, a really uh, interesting announcement uh, that's going to be uh, awarded to someone uh, coming up this year as well. A little bit more, though, about the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. It's the largest world's Indigenous Festival showcasing film, video, audio, and digital and interactive media made by Indigenous screen content creators. Now, the festival presents compelling and distinctive works from Canada and around the globe, reflecting the diversity of Indigenous nations and illustrating the vitality and dynamism of Indigenous arts, perspectives, and cultures in contemporary media. So, it is a pleasure to welcome Nikki Little to the show. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, I understand this is the also the 22nd annual Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival as well. That's correct. We've been around for a while. Sometimes <laughs> I wish it was just one number less so it matches the year, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, <laughs> In a perfect st- world. <laughs> yeah, right. But still, that's great. 22nd, uh, 22nd year. That, that's fabulous. Yeah, it's been a really great growth. Mm. And the last, we had our, celebrated our 20th um, and... 2019 and mm. it was really fun and we were able to expand to six days of full programming and we just keep getting bigger and bigger and that is a really great problem to have <laughs> um, we showcase so many works and um, have a lot of industry events as well so it just keeps growing yeah of course COVID affected things but when you say it's a, gr- a great problem to have in terms of the expansion and the growth of the of the festival um I'm I'm sure that that is very difficult for a lot of the people working behind the scenes with the festival to try and decide what makes the cut, what doesn't, because I'm sure you guys get all kinds of great stuff that comes across your desk. That's very true. That's one of the hardest uh, aspects of the job. Mm. Um, It is really rewarding, though, to see um, through all of our submissions, uh, what is happening in different communities. You can really see uh, like aesthetics developing maybe in New Zealand that are really specific or in Sami territory that are really specific. So that's really exciting for me. And then I work with, we always bring on a new programming committee that help me, um, go through all of the works. We watch every single submission and select the, the ones that we're seeing, you know, as you're seeing them, you see different themes pop up, um, different issues that are really prominent and present and um, timely and so those things all take we take into consideration of course also thinking about how they're pushing um, their own story their own practice and this idea of indigenous storytelling at the Mm. at the heart of it you know what you just said there about how you see different things uh, from the submissions you get that almost sounds like could be part of the festival itself uh, looking behind the scenes in terms of what is developing in different parts of the world and and what you're seeing from your perspective that perhaps doesn't get seen by uh, by the audience after you've made those submissions uh, you know just as as a sort of an add-on and and something else that could be uh, brought in there. 
Yeah, actually what we do, um, and this is a little bit easier to facilitate when we're in person hmm. with, we ask the artists if they, whenever, whoever um, submits, we ask them if they want to be included in our media tech and our media tech has everything included in there. So ah. if you're a curator or a broadcaster, or if you're interested in maybe p- potentially showing these works, um, we can give you a pass and you can go through the whole library of everything that's been submitted. And cool. so that's a really great way for artists to still get their names out there, yeah. um, to still connect with different curators that are looking for specific you know whether it's genres or types of stories um they can they're still able to access those and then um it's just a little bit harder to facilitate though with an online festival but you know generally we've done that for every year and that's a really great way for artists to be amplified as well that's great that's great thanks for sharing that now for people that are interested the uh, festival this year is taking place from October 19th to the 24th and if you go to the uh, festival.imaginative.org website you can find out all about the schedule there you can find out about uh, I guess tickets and and, uh, the lineup and go through all the days and see uh, you you can click on a number of different things that will break it down for you if you're interested in looking for something specific as well is there anything else about the website website, Nikki, you think is important to mention? Well, we do actually have two prizes that we um, engage with our audiences throughout the festival. Mm. We have our audience choice award for a feature film and then Mm. an audience choice award for a short film. And those both come um, with a cash prize for the filmmaker. And so we through the, we use the website to um, calculate those votes. Mm-hmm. And um, then also on the website, there is another place, a portal, um, a portal on the website. <laughs> There's a portal <laughs> that can take you to all of our digital and interactive works, um, which are free. And it's called the In Digital Space. And it's a really like kind of relaxing space, actually. Um, we, we do a really amazing job, or my team does a really amazing job at presenting um, all of the audio works there. So you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to experimental audio soundscapes Mm. you can engage with video games uh 360 video and then we also have exhibitions that include some panels we have a big samoan uh samoan um exhibition this year that's a part two of like uh looking at a long-term uh trajectory of samoan Mm. film and performance and so there's just so much to discover through the website and um through the different avenues there that is sounding awesome Wonderful. Now, the other thing you guys always have every year is your your trailer that you uh, uh, you know you, you promote it with, and uh, and this year is no different. So I was I had a look at the trailer. It's kind of cool uh, with the water images and uh, and the way it uses the water uh, throughout the, the the process of of taking you through the the journey and into the festival. So uh, I'm just wondering is that is that stuff done in house or do you guys you guys hire someone outside to do that for you? So we, uh, we've been working with um, a team through Beehive uh, Design. Mm. And then with that, um, James Monkman is mm. um, a Cree designer and editor and storyteller um, based in Toronto. And so we've been collaborating with him for a number of years. And that, you know, that discussion starts off early in January, trying to brainstorm ideas of what we're going to do. And so this year um, I had the idea of fall camp and this, and there's this big, there's this kind of story around my community that my dad told me that people would gather at this big rock um, during the fall time to celebrate, uh, to exchange, like to trade, um, to socialize, to feast. And that kind of always resonated with me. And then so we are also thinking with the water um, that um, so many different stories and ways of traveling and getting to different communities are all of these waterways. And so um, using water as like a vehicle mm. to 
uh, travel story in the end. And so there's clips you'll see in moments, there'll be clips from actual films that are in the festival and trying to go to different landscapes to emulate that this water is universal or, you know, around the world, just like indigenous stories are Mm. so powerful around the world. Yeah. Cool. If you don't mind me asking, what is your community? Um, I'm from Garden Hill First Nation. It's in Northern Manitoba. It's a fly-in community. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, so are there any highlights, uh, other than the, uh, the few things that you mentioned? I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Shirley Chichu and the award that she's going to be receiving, but is there anything else just in general uh, that you want to mention about the festival or about the dates or, or, or about anything else that's going to be uh, uh, coming up throughout the festival? Of course, there's so much to mention. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited about our opening night gala. Mm. We're going to be doing an, uh, something a little bit different this year. So we're going to actually be doing an in-person screening at TIFF. Mm-hmm. There are a few tickets available. So if anyone out there is interested, please do come down. We're mm. all getting dressed up. Um, <laughs> it's the first time we've been you know, together in a while. So um, that's going to be at TIFF Bell Lightbox. Right. And the, the great part also about Dennis's work, not only is it phenomenal and such a great story, um, but it's a bit of a homegrown uh, film for Imaginative. There's a lot of people that uh, have been involved in the community for a long time that are in the film and our own cultural advisor, Pauline Shirt, Grandma Pauline is actually in the film as well. So mm-hmm. she'll be joining Danis for the Q&A afterwards. And if you're not in Toronto, um, you can still catch it online. So we'll cool. be. this is the first time we're going to be broadcasting nationally, which is really exciting. Nice. And um, so people will be able to tune in um, and watch the pre-show, engage with the film, and then ask after and then engage with the Q&A afterwards. So we got a big setup coming and it should be a really fun time. And then also if you're outside of Toronto um, or know anyone in different cities like Halifax, Vancouver, Winnipeg and Montreal, um, we have a partnership with Cineplex this year. So we're going to be doing on Wednesday, 7 p.m. local at those cities, um, two scre- two, a screening of two different films, one called St. Anne, which is like an experimental um, feature film, uh, really great by Rain Vermette. And that one has done really amazing and screened at uh, the Berlin Alley this past year. And then we also have um, Carolyn Monet's uh, first feature film called Bootlegger. Mm. And that one will be in uh, Vancouver and Halifax. And that um, is just also a really great story. Tanya Degak does the sound for that. It's, mm. a, it's a phenomenal work. And then um, what are a couple of other things I could mention? Oh, just also that we're doing giveaways every day. Uh, last year, we um, had this idea about giving back. You know, we can't be together and can't celebrate together. So how can we give back to our audiences and thanking them and honoring their presence at, at the festival? And so um, we'll be giving away over $25,000 worth of uh-huh. prizes and throughout the week. And so p- people can engage through different um, chats. So we'll be having panels on on. Um, Facebook and our and on our watch site so you can just engage in the chat show up um, and potentially win a prize which is awesome (laughs) and then on Saturday at night actually we have our Sunday night sorry we have our awards (laughs) which will lead I guess to our next conversation but this year is amazing we're giving away over uh, $57,000 in award prizes to to filmmakers and I was just like so proud of the team um, that they've been able to motivate uh, get that mobilize that and to be able to get that back in the hands of artists is phenomenal Um, and again at night we we have um, showcases we start off with the musical performances the first night the second night we have artistic performances and then we move on to saturday night which is our big music night so it's also it's all really fun um 
plus all the film and video works. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, uh, this year, there, you, you, you mentioned the opening night and that there will be uh, an actual in-person uh, screening. Is that going to be throughout the festival as well? So we have two at Tip Bell Lightbox this year. Yeah. So on on the first night, on the 19th, will be Night Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again on Friday night, actually, we have a New Zealand, New Zealand film called Cousins. Mm-hmm. And that will also be at Tip Bell Lightbox. And that actually is an interesting film because uh, it came out during COVID and it didn't really get a theatrical run or a festival run mm-hmm. just out of timing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's actually um, on Netflix. So it's a beautiful film. And it's the first time we were able to show that in a, in a theater. And mm-hmm. so we're really excited about that. It's a stunning, stunning story. Um, it's an adaptation of a Mari um, book from 1992. Mm-hmm. And it's about three cousins and their, how their lives change dramatically. One in community, one kind of as an activist, and one, um, one who's been displaced and from mm-hmm. their family and from their land. And it's a really a heartfelt film. Right. Sounds cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and just to, again, if people are interested, they can go to the uh, website festival.imaginative.org and that uh, will take you right to the schedule. You can see the box office information, awards, giveaways, etc. Everything that uh, Nikki was talking about. This uh, festival this year, the 22nd Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival is running from October 19th to the 24th. Uh, and as Nikki also pointed out, it's gotten larger every year. And so uh, this is something, it, it sounds great, everything that you've talked about. There's so much there to see. How, how many submissions are going to be shown this year? So uh, we have about, um, we have over 145 works. So that's mm. actually between film and video that's been the official selection. Mm-hmm. And then in the official section, also we have digital and interactive. Mm. We have about 20 works and then about 20 audio works as well. And then from there, we have two guest curated programs. So we have a really wonderful program from South America mm. um, curated by Francisco Tark. And that's a lot of new emerging filmmakers from uh, different countries there and this new wave cinema that's happening. And then we also have a Métis program that's in two parts. And so all of that together is around 145 works plus uh, six exhibitions. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, you know, recently I had uh, a, one of the uh, directors and writers of a film that is going to be in the festival. Um, and their film was also being shown uh, at the Ottawa Film Festival and Vancouver Film Festival, I believe. And uh, Manith, The Hidden Island of Ethics, the director, uh, Terrell Calder, was on our show. So it was a pleasure to have her talking about that uh, stop animation film that she's done. Oh my gosh, it's a phenomenal piece. Mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to see it. Yeah. Um, it's playing on Saturday and it's in a program called Below. And it's mm-hmm. actually paired with um, Zacharias Canuck's uh, The Shaman's Apprentice as mm-hmm. well. It's a, such a strong program. Uh, Terrell did a, like, I'm just so excited about where their practice is going. They did a phenomenal job comparing the seven deadly sins to the seven yeah. sacred teachings. Yep. It just kind of blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. Plus all of the artistic quality in it oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, it was a great talk to her about it uh, because, uh, I, you know, I said, like, stop animation. That's, like, not easy to do, <laughs> you know. And she said, yeah, it, it's it's very time-consuming, of course. And she talked a little bit about how um, she also is sort of a bit of a uh, someone that likes to have the control over it and make sure it's done the way she wants it. So, you know, she really uh, put a lot of time and effort, of course, uh, into this uh, on her own because she, she also did the voiceover. She uh, she narrated the, the, the yeah it's phenomenal um, just the amount of time and mm-hmm. dedication and 
um, her aesthetic, like the way her, she moves her animation too, yeah. is so resonant of her style. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even imagine how long in, of endurance that takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Nikki Little. She is the artistic director of the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival that is happening from October 19th to the 24th. If you go to the festival website, it is Festival org. There you will see everything you need to find out about the festival, about the schedule, box office information, awards, giveaways. It's all there. One of the things we also want to get to, and this is also another guest I had on the show recently, is Dr. Shirley Chichu. Now, she's going to be receiving the 2021 August Schellenberg Award of Excellence. That's so cool that she is going to be receiving that. Now, I recently had her um, on the show uh, because of her uh, her involvement with the Wingush Film Institute on Manitoulin Island, and I'm so jealous about that because I I love Manitoulin Island. It's just one of the most powerful and spiritual places I know of. And uh, so it's great that this is happening for her. So, uh, Nikki, what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so every year also we've been working um, with August Schellenberg's wife, Mm -hmm. um, Joan uh, Schellenberg. And um, we've been working with, we start again having conversations really early on, looking at the history of um, actors who have paved the way um, for um, Indigenous representation on camera. And um, we're trying to kind of catch up in a way, you know, mm. there's been a lot of really uh, strong um, and important members of the community that have been front runners. And mm-hmm. so um, this year we were talking through um, different folks that could be um, potentially, you know, be nominated and surely came through just with their, you know, the, the depth of their work in community, the depth of their own practice mm-hmm. and how much they give back and mentorship. Um, she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal person. And so it felt really natural to, you know, not only amplify her work but also the work that she's doing in community and as Mm. you said like um that festival on Mantoulin Island is doing such great great stuff and inspiring new emerging voices and so that felt really great to be able to honor honor her in this way and so every year um we do a, a lot a lengthy interview with them we host them and it's a really fun way also because imaginative we focus like you know on director producer writers in terms of presentation so this is really a really strong moment for us to be able to um thank those in front of camera as well for their presence is such a high skilled <laughs> um, space and then also for their filmmaking career and um their practice and so it was really an honor to be able to connect with them in this way yeah. And, you know, there are, of course, a number of other actors that have received this award uh, going back to 2015, I guess. Um, and, you know, as you say, that Shirley has done so much and uh, and every single person here. right? I mean, August Schellenberg. I mean, what can you say about the work that he has, yeah. has performed and done? You know, it, it couldn't have. Uh, can you tell me something about that award itself and how uh, it came about? Was this something that that the the Imaginative Film Festival w- wanted to create and obviously uh, choose August uh, as as the name uh, uh, that this would be around? Actually, it came from the family. So okay. it came from Joan. Yep. Um, they're you know. It's really, and it's also really great too, because, you know, they're based, 
or she's based in the States. So mm. it's also just have great to have that conversation. That's like, uh, not necessarily it's across the border. Yep. Um, and so them themselves have always been activists, um, always been, um, trying to get more representation. And so that really came from a conversation with them uh, and the previous director at Imaginative um, and just wanting to make sure that those people have representation and um, that space uh, to be honored um, at Imaginative. And uh, I think it's great too, just because like every time I've had the opportunity to talk with Joan, um, she's very inspiring and also just sharing all of the, you know, the stories of Augie and, Mm. Um, his filmmaking career and what it was like for him at that time mm, or those mm. times and and sort of what the context was. And so it's really great to get that long view mm-hmm. of how far we've come right. um, and to be able to uh, also, this, every time we talk about, um, you know, potentially who could um, be nominated too, there's always sort of this pathway that goes back into like a story that she'll have that's really personal or, um, you know, if they've met. So she's really active in the community too. And so it's been kind of a really nice um, uh, family oriented or like really honoring Augie and the work that he did. So Mm. um, we're really happy to be able to carry that forward and, and keep that relationship going um and to be able to continue to do that work um and and so hopefully one day we'll have more as well as as we keep growing i do see maybe that being a space um to honor more actors as you can tell there's lots of opportunities right now um Mm. or lots of spaces like um uh there's a couple of you know those new uh, tv shows that are happening Mm. right now Mm -hmm. and so there's really amazing art uh actors that are out there yeah, for sure. And, and um, you, you know, just going back to some of the past recipients, including uh, Tantum Cardinal, Tom Jackson, Tina Keeper, Michael Gray Eyes. Of course, you just mentioned one of those TV series. Well, he's uh, starring in one of those ones uh, that's just recently had him on the show earlier this year, too, to talk about that. Michelle Thrush Amazing. and, of course, Lauren Cardinal, uh, another great guy there. He's done some fabulous work. I love his sense of humor as well. Um, yes. So it's great that this is happening and wonderful way to celebrate August Schellenberg. Uh, as well uh, I didn't realize that he was Montreal born I didn't know that oh I didn't know that either actually. yeah I thought he was you know stateside but that's great mm-hmm. that's great that, that um, yeah go ahead and just a, you mentioned Lauren and just Lauren Cardinal and yep. uh, Lauren was a past recipient and actually they're in this year's um, film called Run Woman Run and it's a really great family film for uh, that's playing on Saturday and it's directed by Zoe Lee Hopkins yeah. and they had worked together in her in the past so yeah. we had he was also in her film Kayak to Klemtu oh, yeah. and he does a really great job in this one <laughs> he's a dad um, he has a really his sense of humor always comes through and um, yeah it just takes place of this of a character named Beck who's trying to find herself um, and Tom Longboat also as yeah. a like as a presence makes an appearance in yep. it, so it's on Saturday. You should check it out. He's done a really great job. Yeah, it, it sounds great. And congratulations to Zoe on that film and her her film. She's done so well. It's great to see that. And and yes, you're right. Uh, the uh, the film that she did on the West Coast uh, with Lauren in there, uh, he he did do a fabulous job in that film. Absolutely. Uh, this is all wonderful. Now, uh, the uh, the award, the Schellenberg uh, Award of Excellence, uh, that is going to be presented to uh, Dr. Shirley Chichu, that's going to be happening on Sunday, October 24th. Is this, I guess, in, in at the closing? 
Yes, that's correct. So it'll be on in the afternoon, I believe at 4 p.m. on mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, it's an hour long program and we'll be going through all of our award winners. And um, so having some also guest performances uh, in the middle of it. So it's a really fun um production and this year we went a bit bigger so always trying a little bit harder you know trying to build a bigger production so (laughs) it's a beautiful beautiful um work that we did this year i have to say and what were some of the um i guess ongoing challenges for you in in around the covid uh, element of things yeah, I think it was just a decision, um, like about the balance of a hybrid uh, mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the first year you know, we just did everything online, and yeah. we had some really great strategies from that to be able to carry into this year in terms of our pre-production and to get things a little bit more tighter, um, make accessibility happen a little bit easier. So we closed caption all of our films. Um, and then this year, adding a visual description, um, trying to get more, invite more folks to the to visit. Mm-hmm. And then um, this year, it was sort of just, you know, how to be conservative enough to um, have like what type of in-person events would be safe and what would right. be, what do we feel comfortable about? And right. so I think we have a really good balance, you know, like um, working with both Tipbell Lightbox and Cineplex for our in-person mm-hmm. events, because it feels like we can still manage that. It feels safe. Um, um, there's um, protocols in place and it gives us that feel of being in cinema again. And then this year, um, one thing that we tried a couple of times was a drive-in. Mm. Um, so this year we're, we're bringing the drive-in back actually during the festival and then uh, showcasing Tracy Deer's, um, you know, award-winning film Beans. Oh, and so that will be really fun. Just, I think it like, kind of suits a drive-in as well. Yep. So um, we're going to be also having a, a comedy uh, performance before that too. So that will be really fun. So it's been kind of like, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm try- I always try to look at the positive in the growth spaces, mm-hmm. but um, we certainly miss our audiences mm-hmm. and our exhibition spaces, especially for our digital and interactive works. Um, you know, some of those do require VR headsets. Yeah. Um, so that part is a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. in terms of being only having the, you know, an online space to present that. But we've been finding really great solutions to mm-hmm. some things that we've been coming up against. Yeah, you mentioned growth there. And I, I guess this is also another growth element of not only what you're doing and other festivals and, and uh, presentations around the world at this point in time because COVID really forced us into that online presentation which I believe is now going to be staying I I think it's going to be just come part of of everybody's work as they move forward don't you think I agree and I think that's like I also think it's you know not only more audiences can see the work because we are you know a a pretty niche festival Mm. we are you know, really at the forefront, but we are still a niche festival and getting to Toronto can come with some barriers. Um, And so this is a really great way for us to still remain in community and actually find a a way to maybe Mm. talk with the community a little bit more directly. Mm. I've always like have this story as a little joke where my parents, you know, live in a flying reserve. It's (laughs) Northern Manitoba. Um, It's, you know, a bit of a challenge for them to get all the way into Toronto. And when I say I'm in, I work in the arts, they had like some apprehension around that. <laughs> and so um, last year with being online, they were actually able to watch from re- the reserve. Yeah. And my mom was like, okay, this is what you do. Right. <laughs> and my dad was like, okay, now I see what's going on. And yeah. so um, that was really fun for me. And to be able to say like, to be in community in that way. And yeah. our audiences were, you know, we expanded into Mexico, which yeah. I was like really wonderfully surprised about that we had a lot of viewership there. And so that was really great. Yeah. Um, and I think, 
um, just finding that balance in the future will be a phenomenal uh, moment to be able to still make those connections and then also have that place in Toronto and, you know, experience all the galleries that we work with and especially being at Tip the Lightbox. You really can't beat that, but uh, we try. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show and talk to us about the 22nd annual Imaginative Film Media Arts Festival that is happening from October 19th to the 24th. People can find out more by going to the festival website at festival.imaginative.org. So Nikki, uh, and she Miigwech for joining us on the show to talk to us about the Imaginative Film Festival. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. And I love how much you know about, you know, the festival. And it's really great to be able to just chat more about the work and the artists. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. You take care. And that is this part of our show. Please don't go away. We will be right back with more right after these messages. Stay tuned. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And it is a pleasure to welcome back to Moment of Truth, Janet Marie Rogers. Now, Janet was on a while back with an artist by the name of Josh Miller. We were talking to him about his video for Solidarity, a video and a song that he came out with, which has done really well. And you know what? It's actually interesting because it's come full circle to this conversation because, in fact, part of what we're going to be talking with Janet Rogers about today is an event that is taking place in London, and it's the Forest City Film Festival. Now, Janet is involved in a number of ways with that. One, she's emceeing a night, I believe, with a number of uh, uh, films and other things that are going on, but she's also uh, submitted something to that as well. But wouldn't you know it, there's uh, Josh Miller's video in there as well for the, uh, for the film festival as well. But a little bit more information about Janet. Because you may not remember the last time we had her on, so I'll tell you a little bit about her. Janet Rogers, she's a Mohawk Tuscarora writer from the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. Now, she was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, but she was raised in southern Ontario. And uh, she's traveled throughout Canada and, and the United States from 2017 to 19, working with numerous residencies in Vancouver, British Columbia, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, I'm so jealous. And Edmonton, Alberta. And But... Again, she is based out of and back on Six Nations of the Grand River Territory, where she operates her Ogista publishing label. Now, Janet works in page poetry, spoken word performance poetry, video poetry, recorded poetry with music. She's a radio broadcaster, a documentary producer, uh, and media and sound artist. And as I mentioned, if I didn't, she's an MC as well. So it's a pleasure to have Janet on the show. Janet, say go and welcome. Sego, David, thank you again for having me on. This is so exciting that we get to talk about all of these really interesting <laughs> things happening, you know, in Indian country, but, mm. you know, on other people, in other people's houses, like the film festival, I would mm. describe as being someone else's house mm. and they invite us in and, you know, it's, um, it's wonderful to have to be able to kind of represent ourselves and what we do in these other arenas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I, I had did another interview on this uh, with uh, someone else involved with the the film festival, and they were very excited and very happy that you were able to take part. That they had reached out to you that you were going to be taking part in the film festival because of 
all the things I just talked about, you have this, this a mass of, of experience in so many different areas that you can speak on. And you speak so well in, in, uh, whenever you're talking about something. So what can you tell us about what you're going to be doing for the film festival? Yeah, they have invited me in as a um, host of one of, of the Indigenous um, screening programs. So, you know, and, and I said, well, maybe we want to make a name for that program. And they said, well, right now it's just called the Indigenous Screening Program. So, so we'll just go with that. But, um, you know, this is this is um, a program that focuses and celebrates solely on films that are made by Indigenous filmmakers and mm. creators. So uh, that, that in itself is really special. But I do want to say this to the credit of the Forest City Film Festival that not only do they shine a light on this program of of exclusive Native filmmakers, but they have Native films programmed in each and every one Mm -hmm. of the different programs that they're presenting throughout Mm -hmm. the festival. And so that in itself, it, it really tells me that, you know, they're not into just being like, you know, offering this tokenistic um, experience and this tokenistic participation mm. um, for Indigenous films, but that they see the value in embedding um, the, these Native uh, creative media pieces in all of the programming that they offer so that everyone who attends, no matter, you know, what your interest is and uh, what pocket of the programming that you find um, uh, interesting, you're going to, you're going to experience a Native film, no matter what program you, you participate in. So I just find that was so refreshing, you know, mm. that, um, that the uh, festival directors and Judith herself, who you said you were speaking to mm-hmm. earlier, um, you know, has, has lent a hand in connecting that festival to the native filmmakers in Southern Ontario, because that's the other focus of the festival is that mm. they're um, focused on Southern Ontario filmmakers and people from the region. So yeah. I just, I just found that like, just so, you know, so awesome. And, and this is done in a time when people are really, you know, thinking of ways that they can respond to reconciliation or mm. the 94 calls to action. Well, yep. the Forest Film Festival has been doing that prior to the yep. calls to action. I just find that to be really, really honorable. Yeah, that's great. And thank you for mentioning all of that stuff. And if people are interested, by the way, to find out more about the film festival itself, they can go online to uh, the uh, Forest City Film Festival website. It is fcff.ca. And there you can find out about purchasing tickets. Now, I understand the first week of the performance, which is from October 19th to the 30th, the first week is all in uh, in, in live. It's going to be with audiences in in the theaters, of course, with uh, COVID protocols take in place. But uh, if you miss that, then it goes online. Uh, there's also going to be some Q&As uh, that are going to be taking place uh, for some of these events and uh, as well. So it's going to be pretty cool to have that experience. I also really like the way they have their program uh, laid out on their website because if you click on it on the program, it, it starts, it opens up like a real program. So uh, it, it's kind of cool in the way it does that. So you can see all the events, all the days, all the times. And as I say, you go there you can you can find out about uh, scheduling uh, tickets if you want to see them uh, either online or in person for that event 
So, uh, 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 Janet, um, what night is it that you're going to be there uh, doing what you'll be doing? Yeah, I'm doing um, a couple of things. And the first one is I'm, I had the you know great honor of introducing the film Beans. Mm. And uh, that is a film by uh, Ganawage, Mohawk Ganawage uh, filmmaker Tracy Deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I love about this film in particular is that it is Tracy Deer's story of when mm. she was uh, a younger person uh, living in inside the events that we now know to be the Oka crisis, right. when in fact it wasn't a crisis at all. It was just people standing yeah. up for our, our rights yeah. and our lands. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Tracy took her own experience and translated it into film. And, you know, I, she, I know Tracy there to be, you know, a very emotional person anyway, but the fact that she went into her own history and, and to uh, re-experience uh, those really traumatic, upsetting, you know, emotionally scarring events yeah. for many people and yeah. to make a film about it, I just think is completely brave. And so, um, and, you know, it's, part of quote unquote Canadian history. And I think yep. it's important that people see this yeah. film to learn what it was like from the inside, from one individual person's lived experience through those events. And so um, I really commend her and I'm really, I'm really glad that this film is getting a screening as part of the Forest City Film Festival yeah. and I get to introduce it. <laughs> um, my understanding is that um, Tracy Deer is not available for the Q&A, but there mm. is going to be, I believe the producer is going to be there and i think some other people who have involvement with the film mm. will be on hand mm. virtually mm. uh for q a and right. and i'll be there in the theater where it's screening live yeah. um in person yeah. and uh, that in itself is going to be kind of a refreshing experience to you know kind of be in a be in a theater again to yeah. screen a film and yeah. i haven't done that in, you know as long as everybody else has so yeah <laughs> so that'll be fun that's great. Very exciting. And, you know, I'm wondering if, if it's also good timing because of what you were just mentioning about this day and age where now there's more awareness, truth and reconciliation is happening. And, um, and I'm wondering if this will be viewed with a, a different lens by, you know, hopefully the non-Indigenous community that, that is going to sit down and watch this and hope, hopefully a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, there's the, uh, maybe some of some of what's happening now in terms of like our creative communities and mm. our political communities and literary communities uh, is a, a is a result of you know kind of people being on board anyway. Mm. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know we may run the risk of preaching to the choir, so yeah. to speak. But um, uh, there is, I, I think that all of that buzz around what's happening in indigenous arts um, and politics and uh, social events. Um, may just bring the curious out to right. to see sure. what what all the buzz is about, you know, yeah. and 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 in that way, you know, you cannot help but become more informed, and that information hopefully will result in people feeling inspired, yeah, uh, to speak out more, stand up more, yeah. um, at least you know make uh, better connections with indigenous communities. And- individuals so uh, we'll see but it is definitely a movement you cannot deny that that's true you know as you were talking there about this and the oka uh, i know uh one corn miller is also someone else that was there at the time and and i believe she was stabbed and uh, had a punctured lung if i'm not mistaken yeah inches away from her heart so i mean this is the kind of violence 
that Indigenous people have been enduring mm-hmm. um, and subject to just for simply standing up to protect our lands. Mm-hmm. And I had said this um, at another event, you know, with people, uh, the general population is, you know, kind of seeing all of these protests and uprising and kind of feeling um, like they're nuisance or, you know, disruptive. Mm. And um, why, why do people have to keep protesting and rallying? Well, it's <laughs> not out of hate. Right. It's out of love. We're doing this out of love for the things that we want to protect. And I think that that in itself mm. is a bit of like mm. human nature. We we do what we can to protect the things that we love. And Mm. so all of this, um, you know, things that can be kind of viewed as being radical are really based in love. And Mm. I hope that people kind of understand that. And also necessity. Um, You know, you talked about land. um, And of course there's another film, I believe that's in the festival having to do with land back. Um, I, I have to look at the list. I have to look at the list for that. But again, this is, these are, um, great documentaries, uh, by indigenous filmmakers. There's, um, some experimental, some native films are in the experimental category. Um, two films actually, one by Shelley Nero, uh, having to do with E. Pauline Johnson. And so that's, again, it's historical, but she studied in a the way it um, makes it land in the in the experimental uh, area and just new names, new filmmakers that are coming mm. into uh, their own as, mm. you know, as creators. And um, I think that that's also part of the value of the Indigenous programming, but all of the programming that includes Indigenous films is that you get to learn who is out there. Mm the new names that are out there. I mean, we can say Alanis Obamsuin's name all day long and people <laughs> seem to know coast to coast to coast, you yeah. know, um, but uh, how many people will know, you know, Terry Jones, mm. uh, who's a Haudenosaunee mm. um, filmmaker and, you know, has been working in, in films for a long, long time. Mm. And how about the Bawadin collective, you know, mm. how many people know about them and their story is really, really interesting. So, and they're local to Hamilton. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good, really good names and good films and quality films. And and I was saying to um, Dorothy Downs, who is the director of the festival, I said, you know, we're spoiled for choice now. We we have like a huge library of um, films to choose from yeah. now. It's not that, you know, you're programming Indigenous films in um, just for the sake of the fact that they're Indigenous films where you have the ability to program in quality Indigenous films. And mm. um, this is really, really exciting. Yeah. Well, not to take anything away from Melanie and all the great work that she has done. I think she just had a birthday, didn't she? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She's going to live on forever. <laughs> I heard uh, William Shatner's 90. He just made it to outer space Yeah, that's right. Today. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> At 90 years old? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Goes to show you there's still hope for us. There's still hope for us. Exactly. (laughs) So listen, that's a couple of things that you're involved in, but tell us more about the other, because you have a, uh, a poem, uh, ego of a nation, which has now been created into a short film that is going to be featured as well. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I work as a writer. That's my kind Mm -hmm. of first and foremost kind of creative label, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've been making my poems into video poems, um, 
And so there's two of them that are programmed into the Forest City Film Festival. And I'll be there for those screenings and for the Q&A mm. um, that follows. But you know what? Is it OK if I circle back to the Solidarity video? Yeah. Um, by Josh Miller. So uh, Josh Miller, Six Nations Blues guy. Mm-hmm. And he now is a new voice on our um, Res radio station. Yeah. He got the job. That's He's right. our morning radio host <laughs> now. Um, created this amazing song, Solidarity. Uh, Shane Paulus, again, Six Nations filmmaker, yeah. came along and said, hey, buddy, I love your career. Let me help you make this video. And he did. And um, I helped produce that video. Yeah. And um, the video is now being screened again at the Four City Film Festival and, as part of the music video program on Saturday evening. That's on the 22nd, mm. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and um, of this month. And uh and then it's got a nomination for best music video with the um, Native American Film Festival, <laughs> yes, Indian right. uh, American Indian Film Festival yeah. out of San Francisco. Right. So it's it's grown some legs yeah. that film, and I'm really proud of you know where it's gone and what it's done, and yeah. it is it's really great. We're proud of that work. So yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know what I do is a again as a poet is bring bring my work, my literary work into the media realm. And again, this has just proven to be very successful. Um, it's going places and uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful that it's, that it, that these poems are receiving another life mm. as, as films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and my guest is Janet Marie Rogers, and we're talking to her about a couple of things that she's involved with. This one that's going on from October 19th to the 30th, and that is the Forest City Film Festival taking place in London, Ontario. Uh, She's going to be uh, hosting and emceeing a couple of events. She also has a couple of uh, uh, presentations in the uh, film festival itself. We've just been talking about yet another one, which was a Josh Miller's uh, video, music video for Solidarity, which uh, Janet was just going on about, and happily so. That's great that these things are happening for Josh and the video. Uh, But it's not the only thing that Janet has going on. Now, Janet, as I said, she's busy in a number of fronts. Now, uh, just the publishing is one of those. And I believe, uh, Janet, that you just uh, were involved with helping uh, publish uh, a a, a new work uh, from uh, just the publishing. And it is called A Memory Keeper. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the first release, Mm. um, book release uh, uh, from the label. Other than myself, I yes. published my own um, book uh, a year previous at, called Ego of a Nation, which mm-hmm. again, again, we, so we made the short film about it. But um, the uh, Memory Keeper is by a brand new author, someone who didn't really think that they would become an author, but they found <laughs> themselves writing uh, these personal stories. Mm. And uh, over time had realized that they have an accumulation of these stories and they just approached me um, to get some feedback, you know, uh, <laughs> are these, if, if, are these stories good? What do you think of the writing? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And when I read the stories, I was completely smitten mm. uh, with, with the content. And then I was charmed by the way that the stories were written. They were relayed mm. on the page. And the fact that, you know, this is, um, uh, the author is Don Cheryl Hill. Yeah. She's a Six Nations member, and she is talking about you know her lived experience as a 
um, daughter of a residential school survivor. And she grew up with her mother who, you know, had all of that trauma running through her, all of her life, all of Dawn's life until her mother passed. And, you know, she could never talk to her mother about it because her mother would shut down. She would disassociate Mm. uh, whenever Dawn tried to um, have a conversation with her about that time. And so Dawn being a um, psychologist and a social worker, uh, approaches that her store her personal story from that view from that lens mm. trying to be analytical about right. why she, why her mother couldn't talk to her about that time right. and um, so that in itself is really really interesting there's lots of really good information there for people to learn mm. what it is to be you know a, a multi-generational survivor yeah. uh, of residential school And as well, you know, Don grew up spanning the New York and um, Ontario border and uh, um, the stories of of growing up in the 60s and 70s in a time when it was very different than it is today. You know, like like going out to play was just like finding a branch to swing on (laughs) and, you know, just going to like having fun with your friends was going to collect hickory nuts and things like that. And, Mm. and, and just like, there's chapters in there about like all of the crazy res nicknames, which I I just (laughs) love that story so much. Um, So it's not all dark and doom, but there it's like, there is a good, like I said, there's really good information in there about uh, someone who knows exactly what it is like to, uh, grow up with well both of her parents were residential school survivors but she mm. was focused more on her mother mm. in in these stories and and so and then because of her social work background she's developed these work pages which we've included in the back mm. of the book and there's about six work pages that if you do find yourself being triggered yeah. or affected in any way by the stories, then there's some some work you can do at the back of the book that can help you to navigate through that those emotions or through you know that kind of trigger. So um, we felt that that was really important to include, and hopefully that's what makes this book stand out in the crowd because now we have a lot of like you know residential school uh, survivor stories out there which is great. Mm. Um, you know, and, uh, here's another one from, uh, the next generation down, mm. uh, from that. And right. again, it's just, it's just such honest writing. And that's what really attracted me to Dawn and her collection of stories and made me want to take it on as the first book out of Ojisto. And it's doing quite well. It's being well-received. That's great. It's good to hear. Congratulations to you and her. And also, if people are interested in finding out more, because maybe uh, we have triggered some inf- some interest in this, people can go to Ogista Publishing. That is O-J-I-S-T-O-H publishing.com. And uh, there you can click on and find out more about this. And also the other books that uh, uh, Janet has been talking about, her own books and things that are, that are in there. And find out more about Janet as well. So uh, that's great, Janet. Congratulations on that front. Now, I also yeah. understand, though, that isn't all you've got going on. Uh, you're also involved with uh, something else. You, you're you're working on a, a film, or you're you're starting you're starting to look for some actors. Yes, we're we're uh, producing a web series. So um, this is a, a web series about a res radio station, David. Um, so you know, and there, as as I'm sure you could tell, there's going to be lots of funny stories. Oh yeah, uh, that come out of that uh, web series. But this was an idea that I had. Um, 
kind of based off of a six-part radio documentary that I produced about contemporary Native radio and just all of the quirky, unique, wonderful ways that Native radio operates and Mm. how it serves its community, what it means to um, our communities. I mean, you know, there's lots of commercial radio out there, but there's really nothing like res radio. There's so many unique um, elements to it. And so I kind of wanted to turn that into a comedy series. And uh, I've been doing the writing. Uh, We've got 10 episodes in the bag right now. And I I had some, I was doing some punch up writing uh, with a couple of uh, women, female comedy writers, native comedy writers out of Toronto. And they're part of a, a comedy, a female native comedy troupe called Manifest Destiny's Child. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and so we had lots of fun going through each of the episodes and kind of punching up the comedy, the funny bits in there. And uh, now we have 10 episodes and we're going to start um, producing, doing our uh, principal photography uh, in November. So mm. less than a month away. And we've, we just did a weekend of, uh, of auditions and casting. Mm. And we've got a really great cast coming right. in from all parts of different, uh, different parts of Ontario. Right. And uh, it's going to be shot right locally at CKRZ at the Res <laughs> Radio Station here. So we're going to be right inside that studio, right inside the station shooting. Oh, that's great. That's that sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. and, and what do you intend to do with it? Well, you know, it's going to become a calling card. So we're, we're going to have to, you know, it will live on as a mm. digital uh, thing, a digital yeah. web series right. uh, to start with. And uh, then, you know, it, it will become a calling card that we can bring to producers and broadcasters yeah. and say, does this look like something you would like to develop further mm. and um hopefully there'll be a lot of takers because i think it's really you know it's it's a unique story mm. um and i i think it's funny hopefully everyone <laughs> thinks this thing is funny um and the people that we've got you know in the roles they're really going to sell the funny in there as well mm. and again it's it's about having fun it's about um cr- cr- creating something that goes out into the world that really represents us Mm. And, you know, and, and doing that on our own terms as well. And so you'll, you'll see all of that. And, and maybe, and this idea happened a few years ago before um, uh, Rutherford Falls came out and yeah. before Reservation Dogs came right. out. Um, so maybe there's a trend happening and something, you know, that we're all catching in the collective consciousness, so to speak, um, <laughs> that we're grabbing onto and going, hey, maybe it's time for some really great culturally based comedy now. Mm. And and I certainly caught caught that caught that vibe. And as it, the, like I said, the writing just was really flowing. And so, yeah, there's something about it. I think we're it's time. Uh, anything else on the uh, on the front that you want to talk about? <laughs> Hopefully, some rest. <laughs> Come on, no, um, never. No, a, yeah, I know. Like, what are you talking about? Um, no, like keeps it. You know, you're riding a wave, and you know all these other things kind of come in on the wave. You just have to kind of keep riding it. But um, I'm looking forward to um, being part of a, a native uh, literary festival in Quebec City mm. in November. And uh, they're they're really being careful and cautious about rolling this thing out because they do. It's it's the festival's 10th anniversary Mm. and it's a French name. And I'm sorry, I can't say what is the French name of Mm. this festival, but um, uh, it's um, in Quebec City. And um, they're because of the 10 year anniversary, they want to invite the presenters and invite 
the audience, like for book signings and readings mm. and what have you. But they're being really, really careful about that. So I just I just booked my train today to cool. go out there. And um, if nothing else, I'll get a really lovely train trip out of it. <laughs> um, but it'll be, but it'll be great, you know, yeah. to talk about native, native books. Yeah. Out yeah, there yeah, in yeah. We look forward to that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Your connection to the West coast. Um, and how, how long you spent some time out there. How long have you been back on the res on six nations now? I was living as a guest on Coast Salish territory for 25 years, David. So yeah, you could say I was out there for a bit <laughs> and, and I've been home uh, since the summer of 2019. Mm. And I know that some of our land back people yeah. have just made their way over to the West coast to support the Wet'suwet'en mm. um, uh, land retention right. uh, of their land against the pipelines yeah. out there. So I really, you know, my heart, of course, a piece of my heart is always oh, yeah. west, um, but I am so so happy to be home. Like yes. really, uh, there was good timing, and um, all of, like I, I I I've never been this busy in my life. I really haven't, and yeah. and I think that moving home has something to do with that. <laughs> like it's divine timing. It's yeah. the ancestors welcoming me back. Yeah. And, you know, for all of those things, I'm very, 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 very grateful. Right. And that's why I was going to ask you about that, because uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's what it seems like. It seems like since you got back, it has been doing nothing but picking up steam for you. Yeah. So congratulations yeah. on all that front. And I'm just going to let people know once again that if you're interested in the Forest City Film Festival and going down to see Janet, uh, that's going to be Saturday, October 23rd. Now, it's starting at 6 a.m. in the Wolf Performance Hall, but you can find out more about that. And as I mentioned, she's going to be the host introducing a number of films throughout the day um, that are going to be happening. And as she mentioned, uh, there's a number of uh, Six Nations artists that are in that category and in that presentation. And so it would be uh, be, be great to uh, be able to catch that if you can. And if I, like I said, if you can't, you can also catch it online because it will be virtual at uh, the following week. So Janet, Jimmy uh, Nyawagoa for taking the time to join us on the show and, and share with us about all this stuff. And congratulations to you and all the best in the future and I look forward to having you back on the show again. Oh, that'd be so fun. Thank you, David, for all that you do. And thank you for making space for every every time for, you know, to so I can talk about all of these exciting things. <laughs> you bet. All right, you take care. Okay, you too. All right, Ona. That is Janet Marie Rogers, and as I said, she is the host for one of the events coming up with the Forest City Film Festival and she is also a Mohawk from Tuscarora writer from the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. It's been a pleasure to have her on the show. And that is our show for today here on Moment of Truth. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.